0: wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me. Help. Help. Good morning, good morning. Coach Hogg here, by golly, for a little while in the Manly Warthog Command, Command Center cave and inside the Melvin Law studio. Melvin Law, with 50 years of experience, is the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators. No, no law won't back down. They also full service legal business. So consult them if you have legal needs. Crime prevention, uh, cpss.net, 24 365 Take a look at them if you need some security needs filled. They'll, they'll do it greatly. And our most shots were brought to you by Maurice T. McDaniel, attorney in High Springs. So uh, we are just uh, warming up our little engines here for the new week and seeing some people coming to class early. Boy, that's something good. Uh, You guys will sit on the front row, no doubt, and get a better grade. Well, the big item in sports, of course, is the uh, probably the biggest summer event in England, and no doubt about it. England, you know, because of the Gulf Stream, it's unusually warm weather. If you take a look at its latitude, my golly, it should be freezing as far north as it is in the Atlantic. But as you know. it isn't. It's kind of warm and balmy because of the wonderful water and the Gulf Stream. It comes right around the tip of Florida and up to uh, uh, Bimini and all that business. So, which uh, Hemingway wrote Islands in the Stream from? So that's what Islands in the Stream is—the song and and the uh, book and the book. Uh, so, uh, it's really green in England. Uh, much of the poetry that you read, written by the great English poets, uh, mentioned the uh, green. Uh, um, um, foliage of that island and um, so it's really a kind of a magical place in the summertime and Wimbledon is the capstone of it with the exception that there's been an asterisk by this year's Wimbledon I want to go into a little bit because it has larger modifications for the tournaments that are to follow Uh, Wimbledon did not ban Djokovic for not being vaccinated but He's an anti vaxxer. Uh, He's one of these guys who has figured out his own diet and his own kind of uh, way to stimulate his system. And some of it has been rather interesting over the years as he's developed, obviously, tremendous stamina and strength. One can't argue with that. But um, he's not traditional. In fact, uh, one might argue that he's way off the beaten path. But when you look at his stamina and his success, uh, in his approach, you can't argue with it, really. So he's an anti-vaxxer. And because he's an anti-vaxxer, he has been banned this year from past years. Uh, and we got one coming up, uh, of course, in 23. He was banned from the Australian Open. Unable to defend his ranking, un- 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 unable to compete. Uh, he received a lot of flack for it. He, you know, all this conflicting... Uh, business about to whom are you loyal? Aren't you loyal to a profession which uh, affords you your lifestyle? Are you just uh, loyal to your uh, sort of strange and uh, almost occult ways of approaching diet and health and all that? But he stuck, to his, uh, he stuck to his position. And so he did not play in the Australian Open. And now, of course, he is probably not going to play um, in um, the U.S. Open this fall. The U.S. Open also has an anti-vax. You can't come into New York. Uh, you can't come in as, a, as an athlete into New York and uh, play in any of the sports that are going on in New York unless you have been vaccinated for COVID. And um, he has been consistently, as we say, unvaccinated and he will remain unvaccinated. Know how hard, headstrong this guy is. He's He's found a, a recipe for success, of which his uh, behavior with food and, and all that business is, is uh, worked for him very well. And he's one of these guys, I think, who feels that, um, well, this would upset the uh, so-called apple cart. And he would uh, never be able to uh, uh, be the same guy he is because he took the vaccination. So he may not play in the U.S. Open which uh, is means a lot of things to him. It means a lot of things to New York. I mean, here's a guy, the consummate number one player right now. Of course, some of that is due to the fact that Nadal is getting older and is injured and Federer is getting older and injured. And we're going to cover Curios in a minute here. And the, the demons are in his head. But um, the uh, other thing that the Wimbledon did is kind of ironic, is that they let players come who were – uh, unvaccinated, but they didn't let players come from Russia supposedly. Now the players have a way around this. Uh, the lady who won the f- female side of the tournament is actually lives in Moscow and is from Russia, but is sponsored by and attributes her affiliation to Kazakhstan, uh, Kh- uh, and um, <clears throat> made a display of this by having Kazakhstan's Uh, uh, Federation if there is such a thing in the stands with her during the tournament and indeed they let her play because technically she is not a Russian she's not playing for Russia so when you see her in the lineup it doesn't have any association with Russia but she's Russian and she lives in Moscow but Mendeleev who is number one or two, probably not now in the world, is Russia and doesn't make any bones about it and was not allowed to play in Wimbledon this year. So you can make up your mind how you feel about all this. Um, Political intrusion into athletics has been going on for quite some time. You can take it back, really, to first notice I made of it anyway, and most of us made of it, was by Jesse Owens winning the 100 in Berlin in the 1936 Olympics and being black. And, and of course, Hitler being there in the stands, it was really tough for the Germans to take. Now, along comes of all things. But 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 you got to remember, Hitler let him run, let him participate. On the other hand, Jimmy Carter took our Olympic team out of the 1980 Olympics because Russia was in it. And the Afghanistan thing was going on. Uh, Carter didn't approve of that. So he, yanked, he took it out on the players. And I can tell you from having been involved with track and running in track meets, uh, you tune up your body to a very high degree of accuracy, and anything that fiddles with it can throw you off for quite a while. And that really threw off our 1980 Olympic team. Meanwhile, we, know, we knew that the East German countries in the 72, 76 times of the Olympics blood doping and all these sort of things and that the women who were women were maybe not women and that went on. So throw this in on top of it. I'm going to throw this in just to let you uh, connect the dots. You may not have thought about this. This Brittany Reiner woman, I think that's her name, who is the basketball star who was carrying the drugs into Russia and caught and is being detained indefinitely is falling right into Putin's hands. And if you read Putin's plan, which I read six years too late, I was given the book to review in 2016. I had so much stuff I get all the time. I get books, I get articles, I get a lot of things from people on the research team. This was sent to me by a firm in Washington, D.C., and I looked it over and it really didn't ring a bell. After all, this was 2016 when I got the book. But it's called Putin's plan. And you look through it and it has, but back then it was prophecy, today is reality. And the basis of Putin's aggression, if you read through this book uh, and find this, what is the primary cause of Putin's behavior, um, you know, it's attributed something to his Russian nationalism. It's attributed to his uh, complaint that the worst thing that ever happened to Russia was Gorbachev, all above. But whenever you, you take a look at the book, why did Putin feel like it was appropriate now in 2022 to do what he did? Well, let me see if I can help you with that. Now, this is my opinion, but I've read the book and I've seen... What the analyst thought was in Putin's mind about the West. He thinks the United States of America, in particular, uh, since that's almost synonymous with the West, we know we have Western European countries, but really, when we say the West, we say uh, the United States of America. So here is Putin's assessment of the United States of America it is morally, patriotically, spiritually dead. It is in such a place of disarray, with elections interference being blamed on him, when actually the election interference was internal, uh, when you've got all this disorder and disrespect for the constitution, disrespect for the rules, um, uh, rampant drug use, rampant crime, uh, he takes a look at this and says, those people, particularly when Biden came in and really emphasized it, uh, those people really are not going to confront me at all. They don't have the wherewithal to confront me. They don't have the resolve. to con- They can't even make up their mind from day to day what they're going to say at the presidential press conferences. And they, those people don't make any sense. So. Along comes a perfect example of what he's talking about. Along comes this female basketball player who constantly criticized the United States of America when she was a basketball player. Okay, along with these characters like Kaepernick and these other people taking a knee. He saw all this. He just thinks it's representative of the general behavior of the country. And so, lo and behold, quite a fortunate situation occurs. She comes to his country carrying the garbage of the United States in her luggage and then claims that she packed in a hurry. That ain't going to fly. She packed in a hurry and didn't know it was in there. Who are you kidding? Who are you kidding? And then, so she lies on top of it. He ain't no fool. So they, they, they snatch her up and they make a display out of her. Now, this is not the first time this has been done. It was done with Francis Gary Powers, who was the U-2 pilot, who was shot down by the Russians and in the Soviet Union then, and who embarrassed General Eisenhower, President Eisenhower. The Russians are good at this. I mean, they All the way back to Khrushchev when he took his shoe off in the United Nations and pounded it on the podium and said, we will bury you. That's never left, evidently, the Russian psychic. They feel the West is a decadent, decaying, morally unfit to lead country. And so they're not really intimidated by going into Ukraine. And I have uh, contacts in Ukraine which tell me that when you see these dollars that are being sent, they're not really dollars by us. They are military equipment. This is sort of ironic. We left all that military equipment on the ground in Afghanistan, but we're sending military equipment to Ukraine, and we're not sending the latest and the best there, according to my contacts, on the ground embedded in Ukraine, with whom I uh, communicate over encrypted messages. We're getting, we're sending there our equipment, but it is scaled down equipment. One thing we are sending out evidently, which is pretty effective apparently, is a missile system designed to stop their tanks and that sort of thing. Uh, But we're not sending dollars. We're sending equipment. And the equipment is not the same equipment as I understand it, that we left on the sands at the Aeroporto uh, to the uh, uh, people there who, ironically, Taliban, were fighting. So this whole sports thing uh, fits into a, a picture that is perfectly clear to Putin, but not very clear to us. And I suppose that by pulling the book off the shelf while I was cleaning up studio here the other day sort of straightening all the papers and discovering what was under them. I discovered this book and I opened it up Putin's master plan and read it with avid interest and I'll be darned if it wasn't prophecy then but reality today. So here we are as a worldwide group involved with this. Wimbledon doesn't let Russian players play. Well Why? And therefore, there are no points awarded to the players in their, in their system uh, that would have normally been appoint, appointed had everybody, um, um, yeah, but Ken, it's not $400 million, it's $400 million worth of equipment. Um, so uh, as I understand it from people in the field. So, so here we are wrapped up totally in this all over the world. Now, you take it back to its root cause. In Putin's mind, it's our moral weakness. Our moral weakness. And where does a moral weakness reside? Probably both sides, Republican and Democrat, are responsible because the Republicans have not been able to marshal enough forces to destroy or mitigate or counter the. Media, academics, uh, uh, political foolishness, which we're going to detail a little more later. A little more uh, later in the show. The Republicans are not able to do that. Now they may get a little help this fall from the Democrats themselves. It's not so much that the Republicans have done it; it's that the Democrats will have done it to themselves by being so extreme and so hysterical and so disrespectful of the rules of the country and the country, there may be a popular uprising against this in the form of a take back of Congress. But you've got to be concerned once again about election integrity, uh, people coming across the border, all that sort of business, and the press is not going to be on your side. So into this comes uh, this this dishevelment of the West. Really, it's kind of interesting, and that Kyrgios sort of embodies it. Why did Djokovic beat Kyrgios? Kyrgios has, believe me, having been a tennis player and having been a tennis umpire, a college tennis umpire, I can tell you that, that guy, Kyrgios, possesses all the skills required to be the greatest in the world, except his mind. Tennis is a very tough, demanding game. You've got to be mentally tough. You've got to be physically tough. And the way it's played in these majors, it's five sets. Can go on for hours and hours and hours. Uh, he's got all that, except he doesn't have the mental discipline. He's had some people like him in the past. There was a bad boy named Natop Nastasi, who was much worse than McEnroe. People call him McEnroe, but it was Ilie Nastasi that was really tremendously talented, much like Kyrios, with trick shots and all the above skills, but just never quite could keep it together. And you know, McEnroe had the had the interesting ability to go off, but come back. And go off and come back, but one like Kyrgios, you go off and you don't come back. Why? Well, you know, a person as shrewd as Djokovic sees it, sits calmly in the middle of his emotions and begins to take exploit, uh, advantage of that weakness. So, this business of these uh, sporting events taking place in a vacuum are uh, uh, not really true at all. They take place in a world kind of court of opinion and politics. And unfortunately, it seeps under the door into this sporting event. So you don't have any Russian players in the Wimbledon tournament. You do have unvaccinated players. As it goes now in the fall, the U.S. Open, the next really big one, you will have no unvaccinated players, but you will have Russians. And then along in the middle will be the so-called won't be called a Russian. The Russian, who is a so-called whatever country, will pick her up or him up and and, and they'll sponsor. Now, not all of them from Russia will do that. But that young woman did. And we can't fault her. I mean, she's 21 years old. She wants to play tennis. And she's good at it. And she wins the tournament. So that hypocrisy has been pointed out. But I think the thing I take away from this I wanted to share with you students was What this has to do, and you would say, how did in the world did you ever get there, Coach Hogg? Uh, How, uh, what what does this have to do with Ukraine? Well, it is a combative event. I'm going to just run a little oversimplified analogy. And I'm going to say Djokovic is Putin and the West is Kyrios. Okay. And you see right away what Putin thinks. Djokovic sees Kyrgios melt down, undisciplined, self-destructive, and bam, seizes the moment and wins. Putin sees the West as undisciplined, melting down, void of leadership, internally and permanently chaotic. Who's going to stop him? That's his mindset, and he's willing to pay the price to get the job done. I don't know where it's going to go, but I do see, and you won't hear this analogy anywhere. I promise you won't hear this anywhere else in America. You can watch sporting shows and ain't going to be able to do what I just did. You can watch political shows. They ain't going to be able to do what I just did. I'm just telling you what you're getting. There are 35,000 people production tells me who watch this show. A month, how many of them sponsor it? Five or six? Run the statistics. Run the statistics. Okay? What are you getting? You're getting a lot for very little. So I hope this helps you understand what the world stage is like in competitive war. War on the tennis court is not a lot different from war in the national territorial arguments. You look for the weakness, you exploit it, you try to draw it out. The biggest thing is timing, knowing when to crack the whip and go for it. And there was a moment that everybody recognizes in the tennis match with Kyrgios when he was up 40 love, 40 love, and, and Djokovic came back and won that, that game. Because Kyrgios uncharacteristically double-faulted, I recall, and that set him off. He started yelling at his box, and when he really, the demons broke loose in his mind, and Djokovic came back and won that game, and that turned the momentum. So I don't know how, um, I, I, I doubt very much, given the politics involved in COVID and how New York State is, how much governed it is by the left and how much COVID hysteria there is there. I doubt very much. I mean, I, I stand corrected if it happens, but I doubt very much that New York will allow Djokovic to play in the fall, even though right now he's the number one player in the world. And it is, you know it's, it's, it's been tough on him because of the yo-yo effect here, in or out, in or out. And what he's trying to do is maintain his own equilibrium, maintain his own uh, focus because he's all about the tennis. And he's a little bit different. Yep. He doesn't believe in the vaccinations. He doesn't believe in this uh, diet or that diet. He's worked it out for himself. And so that's where he is with that. I want to take a moment here and talk about, before we go on the break, um, uh, some things that we're going to be featuring tomorrow uh, I'm calling, uh, uh, i got my good buddy, Terry Martinbach scheduled to talk with you tomorrow. Uh, Terry Martin is probably the most competent and comprehensive person I know of to speak about the housing issue and the zoning issue in uh, the city of Gainesville. He is a realtor. He's a contractor. He's a landlord. He's also been on the code enforcement board. He's a bright guy. Uh, He's articulate. He's written books about it. And uh, he is the best I could think of to call in. I I made a call to uh, a message to Kim Tanzer. Uh, um, She dragged her feet, Uh, had to check out the show first, which is code uh, from a liberal uh, not wanting to go, I suppose, on a conservative show. Uh, that's, That's neither here nor there to me. That's not relevant. What we're talking about is The issue, which is the exclusionary inclusion, the uh, uh, zoning and, uh, you know, where that's coming from and the wisdom or lack thereof involved in that process. So got him scheduled for tomorrow. He's the best I can think of. So you want to tune in and listen to that. If you're concerned about what's going on in this community of Alachua County, uh, you need to tune in because uh, Alachua County is going to imitate the city of Gainesville in its attitude toward housing. And it's going to be a disaster, absolute disaster. And I'm going to get into this in a moment um, in in a little more depth after the break. But um, it it, it doesn't make any – all these ideas that these um, people come from, it's it's Hey Santos advancing this idea. If you go back and read that kid's deposition, I can't remember if it's on the awards hot bulletin board or not, uh, he couldn't remember where he slept last night. This guy is not a homeowner. He, he's not a, a, you know, he's not a traditional neighborhood person. Um, How low can you go Bowtie Poe, I've heard has been bought off by the university. Um, you know, it, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's goofy. Um, it's just a goofy bunch of people. And, and, uh, and you know, they, they're not, they couldn't even schedule the meeting on the right day and announce it. It was scheduled for Wednesday but somebody botched the announcement and now they've had to postpone it. Uh, that is absolutely not surprising in the least that they can't even put out a moment when the, the date was going to be accurate for when the meeting would be. Uh, we're coming up on a break here in a moment. We're going to add a new feature to the show uh, because we've got a great sponsor uh, for our show, Lewis uh, Oil, and we're going to add the weather. That's um and it's a little more comprehensive view than you get locally. So uh, I'm going to kind of give you a little weather treat after the break. And uh, we appreciate all the sponsors we can get. And uh, we appreciate all the donors we can get. So um, and uh, hopefully you have learned something today about the moral morass of the West as seen through the eyes of Putin as imaged and symbolically and personally by the basketball player that's been a found guilty, admitted guilt for bringing drugs into Russia. What a contrast and criticize the country while she was here and ask the country to help her while she's there. You're right back on the Ward Scott Files in just a moment. the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. The Scott Files Gold Sponsors are Maurice T. McDaniel, Shoot GTR, On the Spot Dry Cleaners, r and Construction, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.awardscotfiles.com Hello, boy. wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, thanks. Help me! Help! Help! Now for the weather brought to you by Lewis Oil. All right, welcome back to Ward Scott Files. We're now in the Warhol Command Center. Uh, Professor Scott here, and we've got a. Um, Weather treat for you, which we'll be doing, brought to you by Lewis Oil. As I said, um, we are in a rainy season here, if I golly, It looks like I did not do the naked rain dance, so don't blame me if I did. I apologize, I apologize, I apologize. But we've got these intermittent rains going on. But one of the things it has done, which I want to report to you, is our tree pollen is pretty low as a consequence, our ragweed pollen is very moderate, but the mold is high, uh, the grass pollen is low, so um. We've got less of that issue than we had when it was dry, but we've gotten more mold and we've got more storms. So as we can see, we're going to have intermittent uh, rain today, which is um, uh, sort of uh, expected, I guess, right now, given the pattern of the weather that we're getting. And um, we, we are, we're getting really uh, uh, kind of an interesting uh, uh, story going on all the way up to plantation mark. One of the reasons I wanted to do this was um, to show uh, uh, a little bit about what is happening over the rest of the country. The, um, the humidity in the Midwest is pretty severe, but we got a real storm issue going on uh, in the Southwest, uh, Southeast, and it's uh, it's gonna be drenching showers and storms uh, coming up the, really out of basically New Orleans area and cutting across Atlanta and cutting over to Plantation Mark there in Virginia. And on up, so uh, get ready. It's um, it's either feast or famine. It seems like we went through a long drought here for a while, so to speak, and now we got the rainy season. Now, one good thing for us with the cattle business is uh, the cows are very, very happy. They have got their heads on the grass, and there's lots of grass. And um, the animals have come out. The rabbits have come out. Uh, I see plantation marks as they get an you know, uh, uh, inch and three quarters of rain last week as he says in New Corn, loving it. We had a two inches here in about the last 48 hours. So um, get ready for drenching showers intermittent and a little bit of stormy behavior because this is changes in the Gulf. And we're moving into, of course, uh, what is going to be uh, known here very soon already is really is our hurricane season. So I suggest anything you need to do for preparation for the hurricane season. It could be benign where you are, it could be very severe where you are. So uh, the rest of the day is going to be uh, heating up, but not drastically hot, but very, very humid. So uh, take a good shot at the, uh, 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 the, the rain coming down and be glad we got it because it has taken care of the pollen. Well, 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 here we are now. Uh, we've just talked about this landlord situation here locally and the zoning situation. I'm going to talk about it in a lot more detail tomorrow. Uh, with my good buddy Terry Martin back. So be tuned anything you really ever wanted to know, we're going to be able to, between the two of us, we'll be able to cover with you. I mean, I've had a brokerage license in real estate. Um, You know, I've been involved with the things um, and developments and I've developed projects and rentals and all that sort of business. So, and Terry's got a lot of experience in it. So we decided we'd get together and uh, let you know our collective wisdom as to what we think is going on. We think it's a very dangerous situation. You've got really a communist commission here in Gainesville that holds a whole different, they're all ed up with this idea of government somehow erasing racism. I mean, that's, you know, government has caused racism. How do I mean that? I mean, busing broke up black neighborhoods, broke up black schools. Uh, uh, destroyed the relationship of teacher to student. Just absolutely busted it up. And it screwed it up forever. Most of that is due to the fact of dislocation, displaced people, bust across town to a school where they're a minority, coming from a school where they were a majority. So, I, I don't, you know, it doesn't make any, you know, government gets involved, they invariably screw it up. Now, one of the things is, that, that we'll talk about this more tomorrow, um, uh, the uh, homes and affordability of homes uh first-time buyers I swear if you've got a youngin in your family the only way that youngin is going to be able to afford a first-time buy- a purchase of a house and is is for you the parent to provide the nest egg because to get it started because it's not going to happen otherwise um the monthly mortgage payments are too high um the credit ratings too severe. Um, the home price growth has really outstripped the income growth. And um, we're, so we are, yes, in a housing affordability crisis, but much of it is government done. And it's it's, it's, it's attempt that somewhere in their minds they've decided they can, they can fix this by labeling everything racist. Um, it's just not, not going to cut it. And I was just taking a look at it, an analysis there by Nicole Friedman. Who said the housing affordability has is is sinking, yeah, we know that, and we know that this whole push by the local government here is as an imitation of liberal governments elsewhere, mostly of this government gets its idea ideas from um, out there in my good buddy doug jones's neighborhood out in Oregon, uh, which is you know the bastion of liberalism so the 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 scene tomorrow that we'll be discussing in detail, and I'm actually looking forward to talking with Terry because he's so knowledgeable. Um, the other thing it seems to be, I got this uh, uh, the other day somewhere, is somebody's been writing about that. Uh, well, you know, we're, I've been I've been suggesting this for quite some time uh, that the country is so split, 50 I mean, fifty um, percent of the people love Ward Scott, fifty percent of the people hate Ward Scott, so to speak. And 100%, about, about 20% of them know him, okay? So it's, it's, um, it, you know, it's, just, uh, it's just the way people are right now. And families have been split up, and um, children argued with parents, and parents have wondered, how in the world did I raise that kid to be like that? I had a real conservative lady told me, asked tell me the other day, I don't know how I raised such a liberal kid. I don't know where he came from. And uh one of the bystanders with me said, "Well, did he go to the public school system? Yeah, he went to the public school system well there's your answer I mean it's all over the place it's all he hears from the teachers It's all in the books um you know this, this there's there's a there's a there's a strange thing going on right now just to just to kind of back that up. I don't know if you know this, but George Washington University named after George washington this is uh, Alan Gulzo has noticed this and um written about it and I put it in the Midnight Auto Yard a while back thinking, you know, maybe someday I'll put this in the class curriculum. But uh, George Washington well, University is named after George Washington. But now uh, that name of that university has fallen out of favor with its modern students. Um, the names of the school sports, for example, are the Colonials. And the reason the students don't like it is the Colonials ravaged the communities of color. Communities of color. You know, it's one of the biggest myths in the world. Um, it, blacks were captured by rival blacks and brought to the coast. And it was a wise idea, I guess, by the superior black in Africa. I could get rid of my enemy, but captured him and take him down the coast. And they'll coat him off. And I went have to fight him. That's how it started. And you can examine the, the, the great uh, roots and see that. Take, take Takes that up. I mean, that's, that's the way it worked. So, uh, supposedly the colonists ravaged. Ravaged, what a word, you know. Um, and that's, that's that's evolved into uh, systemic racism. And uh, so now they want to completely rename the university, for of all people, Frederick Douglass. Uh, because Washington owned slaves, da-da-da-da-da, you know, that whole bit, you know. It's, it's Once again, it's like saying today, I can see it coming. There's a, let's imagine there's a time when everybody owns an electric car, okay? And they say, they go back 50 years and say, you own that dadgum V8 Ford that was an internal combustion engine? You need to be, you need to be. I can just hear them. So you think right now driving down the road of your internal combustion engine that you're doing a fully acceptable thing but hey 50 years from now you may be the worst most evil person on the planet and certain quarters you are right now i'm gonna get into that so uh this whole thing is uh is all uh up in the air if all places george washington university and they're rehashing on oh he owned slaves oh yeah he was a he is a founding father you bet. You take these people, and let them get captured going into into, into Russia with their drugs, and see what the first thing is they hop They'll write a letter, to old man Biden, if he can remember it, and if he can read it without reading off the of teleprompter incorrectly. Well, he may or may not do something about it. Uh, so there you are. I mean, it's it's uh, um, you know, it's got nothing to do with King George the Third. They don't have a clue about that. They don't, they don't understand you know, it's not just it doesn't, it's not put together in our brains now we've come forward now to a time when we've got an entire group of politicians who believe all this crap and they believe that uh, and this is really kind of interesting Gerald Baker has framed this a little different way that's why I want to share it with you he doesn't think we have a war against each other so much as we have a war on the Constitution. Well, that really makes sense. I can understand it when you frame it that way. We have made war on the Constitution. And I just wanna go through a few of the headlines. Here are a few of the headlines um, that, uh, that, 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 that we did, okay? Let's see if I got them here in my midnight auto yard, uh, lined up properly. I had them all uh, out here a second ago for you to have in my my presentation today. Oh, here we go. These are some of the reactions by the leaders of our society who are, are at war with the Constitution. Okay, the most famous and vile and obscene of one of them is the F bomb by the, uh, the lesbian mayor of Chicago, which is ironic because Chicago is the birthplace of all the crime right now, black on black crime, gang related. Her F bomb, F U Supreme Court. She said that. Well, that's just one of the things that's been said. And this has been put together and cataloged. The journal went through this and cataloged it. Joe Biden. Now, this guy, (laughs) according to one of the the, uh, talk show hosts, national talk show hosts, and it's true, I'm pretty sure, cheated his way through law school, plagiarized his way through law school. I think he was accused of that and found guilty of it. Joe Biden. Um, He said when the Supreme Court uh, ruled against Roe, that the country was on, quote-unquote, an extreme and dangerous path. Now, that's the President of the United States at war with the Constitution, or the Constitution, as some people say. Now, the other thing he said was the health and life of women across this nation are now at risk. President, president. Can you believe what a huge logical fallacy. Elizabeth Pocahontas Warren. Do you remember her? Pocahontas? I think she was one one hundredth of Indian and claimed that and got a full ride somewhere to some liberal college. I, I've forgotten the details. She's a former though, Harvard law professor. I am so sick of Harvard being held up as a quintessential example of all that which is morally and intellectually superior. Harvard. She's a former Harvard law professor. And she said that the Supreme Court justices, quote, here's a quote, burned whatever legitimacy they may still have had with the ruling against Roe. And then she said, they just took the last of it and set a torch to it. Now, that is another one of your warriors against the Constitution. Okay. Kamala Harris, what a piece of work she is. She said, the vice president, oh my God, I have to sort of close my eyes when I say that. Millions of women and women, as Truman Capote used to say it, I'll say the word the way he used to say it, millions of women in America will go to bed tonight what what a dramatic statement this is, without access to the health care and reproductive care that they had this morning. Now we know how this woman made her metering rise to political power in California. It's no secret. We know that. We, we, know, we know that. I'm not going to get into it. It's too worried, even for the sensibilities of uh, Professor Wald Scott. So uh, this is what's called rhetorical fury. And what they're objecting to is returning these decisions to the people rather than the Constitution and the judges who have returned it to the people. So they're really objecting to those people that are whose order and moral clarity is maintained by the Constitution. The Constitution. So, according to uh, Gerald Baker, that's the Civil War. The Civil War may be described as those who are against the Constitution who flaunt the Constitution, who ignore the Constitution against those who are quote-unquote originalists and who want the Constitution to mean what it says. You can't read into the Constitution an abortion right. Now listen, from having been a professor of language, I have already shared with you how few people I have ever met as students who can, they're like curios they go off the rails, they can't focus, they can't stay within the language. To my mind, this is a wonderful kind of guiding, it's called the alternative universe today because Kyrgios was in one universe and Novacek was in another, and this is what we've got all the way through what I'm presenting today if you picked up the thing that's holding together. Titles are important because they hold everything together. So here we have people who are mentally unfocused. Without the Constitution, all they have is shrieking and hollering and screaming and all that business. And the other side, which politely doesn't like to engage in activity like that. So meanwhile, most of America uh, is okay with abortion if it's for the right reasons and the right time and all that. But just as a form of making up for a mistake the night before um, and then putting that into the Constitution, uh, that's not going over real well. So we have rhetorical excess on the side of the people who are at war with the Constitution. We have rhetorical restraint uh, by those who are on the side of uh, those who are for the Constitution. If production could find for me the screaming woman in my smut pile there, uh, there's a woman there screaming. Uh, we've always played that from time to time, and if they find it, uh, they can interrupt me and say, "Hey, we'll play it." It's classic. Um, I think it was a woman screaming when she heard that Trump won. We've got it in the um, we've got it in there in the uh, smut pile somewhere, and I'd, I'll give them a little time to look at it. But that's a pretty good way to to uh, figure out what the war is all about, what the real Civil War is all about. Um, Yes, John Dole's, uh, there is this moral relativity and moral absolutes. And the Constitution uh, established moral absolutes, but it also established a legitimate way for those absolutes to be amended, which was an exercise in a row versus way. And it also established the particular kinds of duties that each form of the government would be, responsible for which have been blurred by the progressives over the years um, the progressives over the years have, um, count, have given the Constitution counterfeit authority uh, for its political goals and the the political authority for the political goals are not in there um, so this is a big battlefield coming up get ready for it because the Constitution is no longer going to have Re- uh, 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 burden with authority, it doesn't have. How you doing with that? Find anything you find over there on the on the um, no, it's just an audio. Um, yeah, yeah, they're looking. I'm talking with my production guys now, so it's just an audio. It's just funny, you know. Uh, so we've got a case where, uh, we read this Uh, administrative staffers in D.C. have been carrying this stuff out for years and getting away with it and they've been uh, uh, using their political agenda uh, to establish goals that are not it shouldn't be established the way they want to uh, establish it, and then the latest one right now that I'm reading about is, of course, uh, Buddechek is going to come back in and try to do something around. Uh, he's going to do try to do an in run around the. Um, get this now. We've already seen him do an in run around this locally in the county. Um, in the county, what has happened is we stole from the gas tax money pot to pay. The county employees to mow the roads when we had inmate labor doing it eagerly okay for optics and that was decided by an administrative state it was not voted on by the people it was decided a knee-jerk reaction by had to take three out of five of the commissioners um and the county commission you had to have uh, a little um, thin sin water boy or you had to have um uh, the communists, uh, Captain Planet or the Undertaker go along with that. And they did it. And they didn't know what they did and didn't care. And the public never knew it. Now, this guy who Boudickeg, I guess this is the way you say it, the guy who has a man for a wife, um, he is been made transportation secretary and he is trying to ignore Pay attention now on the back row. A high court's recent ruling with their proposed rule requiring states to reduce CO2 emissions on the highway. And he's trying to do an in-run around the courts, the Supreme Court. And if he gets that done, which, boy, there's going to be a a battle on this because it's not in the Constitution. It's not something he can get away with. It's not something he should be doing. Um, It's citing an obscure provision in a federal law that authorizes the uh, administrative state to set performance goals for the national highway system. And in there is a phrase, environmental sustainability. So this guy, Boudicca, is going to try to use that phrase, environmental sustainability uh, to allow uh, um, the uh, federal highway system uh, to regulate CO2 emissions. I mean, when the courts just said you can't use constitution uh, to govern the EPA so he says okay I'll find another way and so this is really characteristic of the Biden, Biden, Biden administrations uh, in that their ends always justify their illegal regulatory means and uh, they've been getting away with it until now and it's not sitting very well with them Um the co2 emissions on the national highway system if they actually were able to pull this off you'd have uh, uh, problems with your tailpipe emissions you know you can imagine they're trying, they're trying to drive you toward the electric car so um which is completely untenable everything i've heard about it is it's a uh, boot uh, yeah okay but okay i don't know how to say it again jack you might have it right Might not have it right okay well I got to tell you that um, what, what our point was today, that there's an alternative universe. Um, perhaps you can call it a civil war. If you call it a civil war, the best way to make sense of it is to uh, take a look at who's for the Constitution, originally, mean, original meaning and who wants to take liberties with it or do away with it completely or modify it uh, without modification done the proper way. Um, but then you got the two sides. And this is all playing in the hands of Putin, who is coldly and shrewdly observing this disarray in the West that's so caught up with its own internal malfunctions that it can't really get involved. It can send weapons, but it's not going to send personnel. It's not going to physically stop him from advancing. He's going to push it. That's his thinking. It's all in Putin's master plan. So, uh, it, you you know, you heard it here and you heard a way to look at it and to make sense of it is to take a look at the women match yesterday and see that a cool, calm, well-trained professional figured out a way to beat a super talented, perhaps even more talented than he, uh, that um, uh, got rattled and went off the rails. Did you find it? Let me hear It... it well, let's play it going out. We're going to fade it out here in a minute. The production has just found uh, uh, the <laughs> it's it's the lady screaming. Is it not? Uh, yeah, it's the lady screaming. So this was a lady screaming. We 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 uh, captured this and uh, recorded it. I think she's screaming when she heard that uh, Trump won, or what? I, I think that was the that was the background for it. So anyway, we'll have a great show tomorrow. I'll have my guest on here, Terry Martin. Back. We'll be talking in depth about these issues. Um, let's fade out to the lady losing her mind. <laughs> 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 hey, go away. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Warthall Command Center out. Here we go.